Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger podcast, the England, England against India test match dailies. And we've seen a Saturday at Lords that I think I'll remember for quite some time. Joe Root masterclass, England eking out a first innings lead. And then some drama towards the end as India, quite frankly, bullied poor old Jimmy Anderson. And he managed to hold on to keep Joe Root in there. Finally lost his wicket with the final ball of the day. So it'll be the Indian openers walking out there to start off Sunday's proceedings. But it's been a terrific day's cricket. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger. And joined, as always, by my fan badgers, and we uh, bring them on to the uh, stream now. It's uh, Abai, Anand and Nakul joining me today to talk about all things this test match. How good is Joe Root? He absolutely phenomenal today, I thought he was. He's gone down past 9,000 test match runs and the second youngest player of all time to get to that landmark just behind Alistair Cook's age. He's so far ahead in the run stakes in 2021 in Test Match Cricket, it is is unreal. Um, and he was superb. It is kind of ridiculous. Um, I mean, yes, he's played more innings than than most, but he's he's on tw- 1,244 Test runs. The next is Rohit Sharma on 669. The, he's on for potentially breaking the record in a calendar. And, and Rohit's not played that year. much. Rohit hasn't played that many less than Joe, has he? Three innings fewer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was magnificent again today. I don't think that batting was as hard today as it has been throughout the rest of the series. Uh, and in terms of um, overcoming quality of conditions and uh, I, and possibly quality of bowling as well, I don't think this is maybe quite as good as his 100 
at Trent Bridge. But in terms of his control over his game, uh, he was magnificent today. Uh, off the off the fast bowlers uh, who swapped ends, who uh, bowled, tried different lines of attack to him. They tried bowling straight at him. They tried bowling outside off stump to him. Jadeja bowling uh, very economically. They tried packing the, uh, putting in short fields on the leg side, short fields on the off side, restricting the runs. Nothing slowed him down, really. Uh, and he, he scored those 180 uh, uh, runs um, at a good strike rate throughout, constantly ticking over it just over three and over. He's got as many now 150 plus scores as Rahul Dravid, Alistair Cook and Gary Sobers and in fewer innings than Dravid and and Cook. As many test hundreds as Wally Hammond, Colin Cowdery, Ian Bell. You know, we can quote quoting the stats here, there and here, there and everywhere. And people, uh, people question his conversion rate from 50 to 100 sometimes. When he gets to 100, he tends to make them count, doesn't he? He tends to go on from there and get a big one. Uh, certainly in the last few years, his four of his last in fact, his last four and four, five of his last six hundreds have been 150 plus. Two of them uh, double double hundreds. He now has uh, 22 uh, hundreds and uh, and and 50 scores are between 50 and uh, and 99. So also 20 out of, uh, out of a total of 72. It's coming. It's getting getting better. That's every th- every sort of one of every yep. four of those he converts to converts to 100. It's not quite up there with with um, you know the the Coley's and the Stephen Smiths and, and and so forth. But but he's he's been magnificent again and has um, has taken England to a to a position where that is now a one innings test match. Our boy, how are you? Welcome along to these podcasts. You're one of our uh, our Indian fans. There, how did you see today from an Indian perspective? I don't think India bowled badly, as Knuckles suggested. I think it was a, a decent day for batting today, and India stuck to their task quite nicely. Yes, definitely, India played well. I would say, uh, but still, England have got their noses ahead because of Joe Root's brilliance, which uh, Knuckle described so well. They are ahead of India. India really need to bat well tomorrow to. Uh, give you know England the right competition because uh, if England uh, if India don't bat well tomorrow or uh, England could actually take this match away from them or uh, yes they bowled well so that's why the match is still not completely in England's favor it's just about hanging in there England have sl- slightly ahead so uh, but yeah as you said uh, the bowlers bowled really well how, how much did you enjoy Anand's that uh, final half an hour of today's game, where India were desperately trying to get rid of England and finish them off? Jimmy Anderson was standing strong there. Jasper Bumrah was running in and peppering his body, and every time Jimmy thought he'd uh, got through another over, the umpire Illingworth put his arm out, and it was another no ball. And he thought, "I've got to face another one of this." It's it was really entertaining. Fair, I thought towards the end there. Uh, it was a little entertaining. I'm really glad that Jimmy Anderson got out without getting injured. I mean, obviously he's faced. I think, what was that, in the Ashes against Mitchell Johnson, I think. I didn't know whether Jimmy Anderson was going to get out of there. But this one would definitely have been up there, right? So every time he thinks it's over, there's a no ball and Bumrah's coming right back. And Bumrah is no uh, slow poke, right? Bumrah is going to get the ball, you know, really going at around 140. And he's just absolutely, you know, one of the best bowlers that we have going around the circuit right now. So it was certainly entertaining. Really glad that, you know, especially that blow on the helmet, that Anderson made it out of there fine. Yeah, it's a bit of bravery there from Jimmy Anderson. I tweeted about um, the Indians bullying him towards the end of it. Just a bit of a tongue-in-cheek joke. But he stood tall there towards the end. Lost his wicket, obviously, with the final ball of the day. And and Antoine, um, India um, recommenced tomorrow morning. England are 27 runs ahead on first innings. I don't think, looking at Twitter, too many of the English supporters thought England would get anywhere near India's 364. So kudos to them, mainly down to Joe Root, of course. But how do India tackle tomorrow? 27 doesn't sound like a huge amount, but two-day game, effectively. They start minus 27. 
So I think it really depends on how the pitch plays out. So in looking at the pitch over the last couple of days, I think this was the easiest it played out. We didn't see a lot of seam movement. Neither did we see a lot of swing. I think Ishant might be the only one bowler who got the most amount of swing, at mm. least from just, you know, from the viewing angle. I'm sure Crickwiz probably has stats around it. So it really depends on what's going to happen. But we are in England, right? So there's never a point in time where the weather can't change. And, you know, Jimmy with the ball, you know, with some humidity and the ball swinging around could certainly be a handful. And he showed in the first inning because I, I really think Anderson was the one, really the only bowler who kind of stood up, you know, to prevent India from getting to 450, 500. So this should be a fascinating test. I think, I actually think that India and England are just on even keel right now. It's really going to depend how well the Indian batsmen deal with the bowling conditions and uh, certainly whatever Anderson and company can throw towards them. You say um, they're on an even keel, and I'd agree with you. I think in the leveller is the English conditions. Obviously, in the winter, we saw India exploiting the dust bowls of Chennai and Ahmedabad. On an even keel knuckle with Joe Root scoring the majority of the runs, I thought Johnny Bairstow batted well today. Let's start with him. I thought he came in under pressure today. I thought it's a big day for Johnny Bairstow. He probably hasn't completely got the doubters off his back, but it was a good 57. He looked as comfortable as I've seen him in Test cricket for some time. He seems to have sorted this this issue with the, the ball or to some extent with the ball coming back into him a little bit. He seems to be batting certainly yesterday um, with a much lower back lift, much more kind of Almost Graham, think Graham Gooch rather than, you know, Mark Maguire or, or, or another baseball hitter. Rather than the bat up above the head, it was kind of waist high and in a more sort of orthodox um, stance. But he still has the power that, that we all know he has. And he has that bottom hand that comes through really well. He, he looked to know what he was trying to do. Uh, he, he put away the bad balls when, when they were offered to him, cut very well. It was only really that, that spell from Siraj with the, uh, who bowled brilliantly with the old ball twice. Yeah. Uh, one with the very old uh, first new ball and then with the kind of middle-aged, as it were, um, well, 30 odd overs old. So entering or exiting the first flush of youth ball, or the second new ball. But Siraj bowling short and then going round the wicket, really good planning uh, to him. And then they had the, the fielders for it as well. And then he got a bit tangled up with that short ball, which is odd for Bairstow, who's a good player of the pull shot. He, he went around the wicket and he just changed the angle a little bit. It, it was that, that around the wicket is that the yeah. bouncers weren't as easy to get out of the way of. I don't know if the, did the pit, it seemed like the pitch quickened up a little bit as the day went on because certainly for the first two and a half days it was pretty slow yeah um, and any sea movement that was happening was happening pretty slowly but suddenly it's chance Sharma started getting the ball to jag we saw how he got butler um who played scratchily really for his 20 odd and then got one to come into him sharply and siraj every time he got that sort of scrambled seam or the off cutter going it came in really sharply or away from the uh from the left-hander um uh, his you know seven overs three maidens three for 20, one for 23 with the uh, with the towards the end of the day, but I think he bowled even better than that. At one point, it was five overs, three maidens, one for nine uh, bowl. And the bizarre run out, really, of, of, of Mark Wood. Mark Wood ran there like somebody that isn't used to batting in a tactical situation in a test match. He ran at the end of the 2019 World Cup final yeah, yeah. again, not quite He, fast he was running off, though, towards the pavilion because he'd basically given up on his wicket and ran off towards the pavilion and forgot that he nearly ran out Joe Root there, who had to get back to his ground quite quickly, didn't he? Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com 
quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Abai, Josh Butler, who we um, knuckle mentioned there, I thought first test match, he looked really scratchy. I thought today... There was a, such a big gate between his bat and his pad. Anything that he drove at or defended outside the off stump always gave the bowlers just nipping the ball back into him a little bit, a bit of a chance. And that's what it proved in the end. He, he ended up losing his off bail uh, and was on his way. He's not particularly impressed me in this series so far. Yes, I, I remember on the the podcast we had in the last test match as well, you had the same comments. Um, I think the 20-odd today would really help him. And I do believe he's uh, he's important for England, even though he's he has to do some tactical adjustments because all batsmen are so used to this 2020 cricket these days. And he's just he's also England's white ball, uh, not specialist, but, uh, you know, one of their good uh, white ball players. So uh, just because they have to switch on back to test cricket, it becomes a bit difficult. He is somebody who's proven the critics wrong all these years. So I'm sure he's going to get in his groove and do well for England. I don't know if he's under threat or not. I can't quite work it out the way the English summer is at the moment. There's no obviously contenders in Red Bull cricket actually making a difference. I can throw some numbers in there. Since he was recorded in May 2018, Joss Butler's averaging 35 overall and 39 in England. Those aren't numbers that scream drop him immediately. They're not outstanding, but they're... I've got a theory, though, Knuckle, and I'll tell you my theory. I think last year in the biosphere, the bubbles and COVID and everything, Joss Butler found himself in the Red Bull bubble and was able to devote the entire summer to Red Bull cricket. He didn't play white ball last summer and therefore was just in that blinkered zone of facing the Red Bull, Red Bull tactics, Red Bull mindset. I think Joss Butler struggles when he's basically having a stripey season, swapping between Red Bull, White Bull, Red Bull, White Bull. And I think we're seeing that a little bit. He's played, obviously, a lot of White Bull recently, and I think he's he's changed his, his technique a little bit as a result of that. And he, he's used to facing that White Bull. I'm not sure I'd wholly agree with that, to be honest. I think, well, I he's, don't he's, care, he's, he's, it's my he's, opinion. <laughs> sure, um, and I'm giving you mine. I think he's been jumping between Red and White Ball since he came back to the team in at the start of 2018 and has done fine. Not, yeah. at times, better than fine. I don't think that dropping Joss Butler... Um, quite apart from the fact that I think Ben Folks is still injured at the moment, yeah, I don't think that is. dropping Joss Butler is the is one of the things you can do to dramatically improve. I don't, I don't think it's the first. Team. It's not the first thing on the on the list of things to do with that England team. Certainly. Also, I think the importance of Joss Butler sometimes gets minimised because I just took a look at some of the runs scored in Test matches over the last four years, and obviously Root's up front, right? So Root scored about four thousand runs at an average of forty seven. Next after him is Ben Stokes, and he's no longer there, but Ben Stokes' average is about forty. The person after him, the next, who has scored the most amount of runs is Josh Butler at 35. So, you know, what Nicole mentioned is, again, kind of bearing out to the fact that neither Sibley nor Burns nor Bearshaw, because Bearshaw's average is like around 26 or so. I mean, he certainly looked good in this game. He hasn't, you know, obviously had a great run in test. So Butler's fairly important. He's done okay when you compare him across the team. With Josh Butler, the thing that frustrates me with Josh Butler is we know there's no doubt he's a terrific cricketer. We see in the white ball arena, he's one of the very best in the world, and there's no doubt about that either. I think in the in the test arena, he's still to work out exactly how to bat. 
and what kind of pace he wants to go at and how he's going to actually tackle a test match innings. I think sometimes he he's kind of like a car. In, in, in white ball cricket, he goes along in fifth or sixth gear and, and knows exactly what his role is. In test cricket, he, he tends to go along in first or second and never really gets into third or fourth. The perfect pace for Josh Butler in test cricket would be about third gear. But I don't think he's really kind of quite worked that out yet. Yeah, I mean, that certainly might be a possibility. And we've seen some really good nuggety knocks from him. So I just wonder whether it's, is it a case of getting actually some time? And like today, as I mentioned, 26 odd runs, he played for pretty well for that. Uh, I mean, there were a couple of scratchy sort of strokes in there. But if he's hanging in there, I think Butler just amps up the ante and starts going, you know, quicker and quicker. Because I was, again, looking at the strike rates and he does have the highest strike rate in the English team. The person right behind him is, you know, you got he's at about 57 or 58 and then you got Roots and Stokes. So he can get going. I think it might just be a case of spending more time in the middle. But, you know, he's certainly got to, got to get a big knock in like Root is doing lately, hasn't he? He's only scored two test match hundreds, though. Those big knocks are few and far between. But Butler, I think, gets judged. I think both his arch defenders and his arch critics, they don't treat him like other players. He's he's always judged almost against his white ball absolute dominance, particularly in T twenty in both T twenty and in one day international cricket and in the and in the IPL. I think the people who are saying, you know, he has to he can only be in the team if he's changing games or if he's Adam Gilchrist or whatever. Uh, I don't think that's that's right. I think if you're judging him by the standards of being a lower middle order batter, which is what he is, batting at six or seven, he has done fine. No more than that. Sometimes better than that. I think his hundred against Pakistan was brilliant. Batted very well in Sri Lanka on two consecutive tours. Batted pretty well in the first test in India before he was before he left for his mandatory break and and has provided some useful contributions as well. I'm there, not there, saying that no, he's the second is, coming. I'm not saying that he's just. Uh, that there, he's, there is nobody more happy to see a Jay Butler on the the back of an England shirt than myself. But you've got to say that the first two te- well, the first three innings in this series have been particularly scratchy knuckle. The first one was one of the worst ducks I've seen for a long time. Second innings, actually, at Trent Bridge, I thought he batted pretty well until he got out, bizarrely leaving a ball. And then today he was scratchy. There were some nice shots in there through the offside. I thought a couple of nice cut shots and one punch down the ground. But there was also some scratchy stuff in there. That can happen. No, Again, I don't see that dropping Joss Butler, A, for who at this stage with folks still injured? Yep. And, and and B, I think even long term, I think even looking ahead to the, to the Ashes or to next year, I think the only thing that I would say is if you think it's going to impact on his white ball form where he is genuinely a match winner and without him, I don't think England can win the T20 World Cup, that would be the only reason I would think of for dropping him at this stage, which I've is been... actually why I thought I would have been left out last summer when they went red and white ball bubbles. Yeah. He wasn't. I, I don't see that Joss Butler is the biggest glaring issue facing this England team. I'm, I'm certainly not advocating dropping him. I think you give him the series, you try and get him back into rhythm and in, into Red Bull form. But I have long been of the opinion that in Test cricket, England need to just maybe just have a demarcation a little bit and maybe Johnny Bairstow and Joss Butler get given white ball contracts and con- concentrate on that. Joss Butler's going to ultimately be the captain of that England white ball team and maybe have a look at a different option in the Red Bull arena. But that's above my pay grade. We, 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 unfortunately, we haven't got the power on this podcast to actually pick the side. My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. That boy. In terms of India, as I say, I thought they bowled nicely today in, in maybe trying circumstances. Joe Root played beautifully as well. Their opening partnership is not the question, is it? Uh, you know, K.R. Rahul has played beautifully in this this series. Rohit Sharma is one of my favourite players. I just love watching him play. The question mark for India 
comes if those those two go early and the likes of Pajara, Coley and Rahani are exposed early. They have, they're not really bringing too much form to the party at the moment. And I hope that's not the case tomorrow because, uh, yes, uh, due to social media and overall, everybody's, uh, like, it's becoming quite big that uh, Pujara and Rahani are not really scoring so well. So there is going to be a lot of pressure on those two especially. Also on Kohli because uh, he's not so used to not scoring since you know uh, so long and it's his dry run has continued for a couple of years it's quite tough on three of them so india would be hoping uh, that rohit sharma and kl rahul have good partnership to start with i mean virat kohli has a good point about him he's not used to having a slump in form is he i mean basically he, he always dominates whatever format he plays he tends to always score runs and always be the top dog it's a different kind of challenge for him, Abai, at the moment, isn't he? To try and kind of restore himself in that in that side, if that's the right phrase. He's proving that he's also a human because all great batsmen have gone through some lump in their career, some slump or, or some periods where they've not been able to score like they've done most of the times. So Kohli is also going through that. I remember we used to, while growing up, we used to adore Sachin and Dravid and they also had their periods of uh, low scores. So Kohli is just going through that. In in fact, uh, after following your Twitter handle, I've also observed you've also been appreciating his 40s and 60s. So even though he's he's not in best of his form, he's able to make those good 40s and 50s. He's not doing bad like uh, he's not able to. Uh, he's not scoring zeros or you know tens. Uh, he's still able to do, but he's not scoring those hundreds which we are so used to. So that's a different thing, and he's I- just proving that he's a human. I, I praise his 42, not because I thought it was a fantastic innings, but I thought it showed a lot of fight from Virat Kohli um, and, and in the first innings. He knows he's not in, in complete sync. He looked frustrated at times in that first knock, but he's got enough wherewithal and enough experience to try and battle through those difficult periods at the moment. No, certainly. I, and I think he hasn't, you know, while he has looked a little scratchy, it feels like he's made some changes to his technique. One of the things that we saw in New Zealand especially was he kept getting out of the ball that comes in. And if a ball seems in, it seemed to be catching MLBW. So I feel like he has changed something in his technique where he seems to be getting a little more square. But, you know, look, he got the 42 in this in this test. He got 44 in the World Test Championship. And then again in England, you know, when England visited India, he got a couple of 50s, I think, in Chennai. And as well as, you know, we saw in Adelaide, that 74 that Kohli hit was just absolute perfection. So it almost feels like he's like one inning away. He's mm-hmm. made a few tweaks to his techniques. He just needs to kind of get that one beginning. It actually looked like this test might have been that because it felt like, you know, he's slowly getting back into the uh, into the groove of things. But, you know, this is something that happens to all the best batsmen, right? Everybody tinkers with their technique. We know Sachin tinkered with his technique. We certainly know uh, that, you know, Gooch, you know, they would always talk about how he seemed to be a different batsman when he finished up than when he, when he started. So we've often seen that with a lot of great batsmen that they change how they play so maybe you know Coley's tinkering around and uh, you know I think the the next great inning is just around the corner I know Knuckles shares the same opinion as me I mean we both do a fair bit of commentary through the the test series Anand and the when, when you do a lot of commentary work you just want to see good cricket and you want to see tightly contested series and you want to see days like today really they're just thoroughly entertaining and, and finish on a high and I, I was saying actually on commentary today that I want to see a Virat Kohli masterclass. I want to see 160 from him in this series where he bats beautifully because it's great to watch. I want to see Rishabh Pant come out and have three three hours of uh, smashing it to all corners because that's what these series are about. You know, I, I know 
people out there will be supporting India or supporting England and want their teams to do well. But ultimately, you want to see good cricket at the same time, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are devoting time to this great game. And, you know, again, today was a great example of how test cricket can just change on a dime. We almost thought that England was so far ahead. And then, you know, suddenly a couple of balls from Ishan Sharma and now India is back in it. And so it's it's just, you know, you want to see great cricket. You know, you could certainly support a side. But at the end of the day, you want to see great cricket by some of these great players, who you know, and, and, and really enjoy what's going on. So this is, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic, you know, where this test is currently poised because it could go anywhere from here. You are listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. Champagne corks flying at KL Rahul, all sorts of things going on at Laws today. But let's have a, a quick look back. It's the anniversary um, today of uh, Sachin Tendulkar's maiden test match century at Old Trafford. And I just wondered uh, if we go around the uh, the room, um, if that's the right phrase, around the squares, um, your favourite moment ever, your favourite day of test cricket ever, your favourite memory from test cricket. I'm going to be unfair and start with Abai. You've asked me first. Maybe it's a clash with Anand on this one. Uh, let's see. It's the 2001 series, um, the Kolkata test match, which India won out of following on when uh, Lakshman and Dravid, they uh, they did not get out for a complete uh, day. And that was against the mighty Aussies. That's my flit memory. Is that the same as yours, Anand, or you got a different one? So, you know, I would have also gone with that. But there is actually another one. And, you know, I was. this is a test match that happened in 96-97. India versus South Africa, Cape Town. Uh, I think India in the first test had gotten bundled out for like 66 or something like that. We had Anil, uh, Alan Donald right on top of his game. Sean Pollock, I think, had just gotten in. Lance Klusner at the time was bowling about 90 miles per hour. He didn't turn into this all-rounder who kind of, you know, just bowls off-cutters. And we had Brian McMillan. And India were going in into uh, into a place where, you know, we weren't we weren't that great with, you know, facing some of the team. And I think we were four for 33 or so. And the people who were back in the hut were, you know, Saurav, Ganguly, Rahul Dravid, I think Raman was the opener, and Lakshman. All of them were back in the hut. And Tendulkar and Azar absolutely start going after the bowling. And Tendulkar got 169, Mohammad Azaruddin got 115, and Azar hit the 115 and more the run in a ball. And I just remember watching that and just in awe of what had happened there, just based on the circumstances that we had seen earlier. And just me thinking, oh my God, I I can't believe how these guys are taking on these bowlers. And it was just, uh, I don't know, just glorious, glorious batting. What about you, Knuckle? Are you going to go down an Indian route or you got something else in mind? The one that honestly popped to mind when you first came into my, uh, when you first popped into my head. I mean, you know, we've seen some, some of the best test cricket of all time in the last, in the last few years. Um, you know, Kusal Pereira, Ben Stokes, Kyle Mayers against Bangladesh, just the three that happened, I think, in the same, in, in very short order. But this is, uh, again, India, South Africa, again at Cape Town, 2010. Uh, 2011, sorry, start of 2011. Uh, so the series is level one all. Uh, Dale Stain and Mornay Morkel in the spelling, the spells of their lives, no, uh, to Sachin Tendulkar, uh, nobody, it was, it, was, it was one of those, no one else could play Stain and uh, and and Stain was uh, Stain was the only one who could restrict Tendulkar. Stain was bowling, you know, he got Sateshwar Pujara with basically a, a an eighty five mile an hour leg break uh, very early in in, in his career. Uh, Mornay Morkel was bouncing the ball uh, up uh, up and past the shoulder of the bat. 
the ball kept beating the edge, kept beating the edge. It was a little bit like that Anderson to Coley at Edgebuston in 2018. Ball kept beating the edge. Tendulkar didn't score very many runs off off um, off Stain and off Morkel, but hit the rest to over a run of ball. And the rest, by the way, Lomwabo um, Totsobe and Paul Harris, who not 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 just Africa's best attack. I think Callis was carrying an injury and so didn't didn't bowl. But he scored 146, and it's. It was probably the last truly great Sachin Tendulkar innings in Test cricket, but it was just the most astonishing thing to watch. I was I was in India at the time watching it on TV, and I wish I'd been there just to watch every single ball of it. The Tendulkar in that late career um, peak, and Dale Stain at very close to his best, two of the all-time greats going at each other. I, I've got two choices. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to use a time machine to go back to Headingley to watch Don Bradman. Um, he's got an incredible record at Headingley. I'd love to go back and sit in the stands and watch Don Bradman at his very best, um, just to kind of see firsthand just how good he was, how much time he had, how crisply he hit the ball, how hard he hit the ball, and uh, how fit he was, etc. I think I'd be fascinating. And I was actually lucky enough to be at Trent Bridge um, when Mike Atherton was facing Alan Donald. Um, there was that beautiful sort of 15, 20 minutes where Donald's fuse was absolutely absolutely smouldering. Atherton um, edged him, wasn't given out by the uh, the umpire. He edged him again, Boucher dropped him. Donald looked like, looked like he could quite easily punch Atherton. Atherton just smirked back down the track at him. It was test cricket, the battle. I mean, we talk about Bummer against Anderson. It was That was in the same kind of ilk. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. So I'd love to go back and just revisit that again. Actually, appreciate. I think probably if you went back to revisit something, you'd appreciate just how good it was. You're in the moment, aren't you, when you're watching something live, um, to be able to go back and relive it, knowing just how significant it was, I think would be would be exceptional. Let's have a look ahead to tomorrow then. Um, India will start batting effectively minus 27 as Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul walk out into the middle with two days left at Lords. Abai. How does this game finish? I've called the draw the last two days. I'm still sticking with it. Are you thinking the same or do you think there's going to be a positive result in this test? Hard to say, but I'll go for a draw. I'll go for a draw. I expect India to bat well. England would have got a lot of confidence. I was expecting England to not show so much of fight, but since they've shown so much of fight in the previous test match and as well as this one, I think uh, India will find it difficult to stream roll on them. So... I expect a draw. Draw would be, be interesting, wouldn't it? Three test matches to go. We move on all square. The series very much alive. I mean, be very much alive if, if a team won, but uh, be dead even. Anand, how about you? Are, are you still pro-India? So this one is a more interesting test match because I think it's so... It, the match is such an... It's balanced on such an even keel that it's hard to say, but I'll put on my Glenn McGrath hat and say, no, I think India is going to win this, but it's going to be... If India do win this, this is going to be a tough match that goes late into the fifth uh, fifth day. Obviously, considering it's a one inning match, so it it, it should really be fascinating. Uh, you know, really hoping that we have great cricket from both sides, so which will make Monday an awesome day to watch cricket. I mean, I mean, make up, wouldn't it? Because I mean, India would have been beaten by England and in that first Test match. Yeah, lucky to come out of that all square, weren't they? Yeah, I think India certainly, you know, we're, there have been a few days like this where we have felt India would win, uh, you know, overseas uh, and, you know, rain or weather has kind of stopped us from winning. But yeah, I certainly think, you know, first test, India was certainly I, in the driving seat. This one, 
you're, you're no fun, Alanda. I was trying to wind you up there, and you didn't really bite, did you? Oh, did he say England was going to get out of that? Yeah, one? England okay, was going to I missed that. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Knuckle? How do you see tomorrow going and in, in, into uh, Monday? I, I said an India win yesterday, and I think I'm going to stick with that despite the way that this game has gone. I just think with full, two full days of cricket, you know, the weather's set fair for the rest of the Test match. The pitch is doing just about enough. There's a little bit of uneven bounce. Um, we've seen that wickets can fall quickly. Um, really, I mean, this this game has had three outstanding innings from from Rohit Rahul and from Joe Root. I think it doesn't take much for the bowlers to start getting on top, and I'm just about going for an India win. We have seen Knuckle, haven't we? I mean, you mentioned two days left. That's a lot of cricket, potentially, isn't it? And we have seen in this this match so far that wickets have gone bang, bang. There have been a few moments where wickets have fallen in clusters and you only need that to happen a couple of times and all of a sudden the positive result could definitely come into the uh, equation. But I'm still going to go for the draw and uh, I'm, I've absolutely loved the first three days of this test match. Hopefully the the, the final um, two days don't let us down and it's an entertaining fair. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about day four Sunday's play at Lords. Thank you to Anand and to Abai and to Knuckle for joining me on the podcast today. You can get in touch with us at cricket underscore badger on the Twitter feed. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Twitter, subscribe on any other podcast channels as well to make sure you keep up to date with the Cricket Badger podcast. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching as well. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.